Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the eBlog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta. I have been a food blogger for 13 years, so I understand how isolating food blogging can be. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. I think probably every single one of you listening can relate to the ups and downs, the overwhelm that comes along with being a food blogger. Andrea Mutt joins me in this episode. She is the blogger over at My Pocket Kitchen, and she has such an interesting backstory involving food that supports her food blog. She grew up in restaurants. She went to culinary school. She started a bakery. And all of that led to her becoming a food blogger. And once she got into food blogging, she realized that it was a lot of work. So she has dealt with a little bit of overwhelm and just kind of managing that and has some really good advice for the rest of us as far as how to get past the overwhelm and not give up and to keep at it despite the hard times. Something specific that happened to Andrea at a recent point in her journey is that her numbers on her blog started dropping and she didn't know how to handle that. So she talks through some of that as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It is number 457, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hopping in to let you know that the 2024 Mastermind Groups now include a members-only in-person retreat, one-on-one planning calls, weekly focus calls, as well as daily support in a dedicated discussion forum. These groups might be that thing to accelerate your personal and professional growth in powerful ways. Get 25% off now through October 31st. That date is creeping up, so act fast. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind to apply today. Here's a super quick audio clip of three of my previous members talking about one of the benefits they found from the group, and the theme is the same throughout. I really wasn't expecting that. Like now we've messaged about our private issues in life. And in addition to the business, I mean, it all kind of ties together, but I really wasn't expecting to find such good friendship in a group like this. So I was expecting it to just be business stuff. One of my goals, I had told myself it for last year, actually for 2022, I was like, I will be more involved in the food blogger community. I will talk to people. I will develop relationships with people in my industry and that sort of thing. And I did that. And it, the mastermind really, really, really helped with that. And I'm shocked that there are friendships that I've developed that have extended past the end of the mastermind. I didn't expect to become friends with anybody, but I did. I felt like I made some lasting friendships. Andrea's culinary journey began at age 14 when she worked in her grandparents' three restaurants. She later received formal chef's training and later specialized in baking and pastry arts. Throughout her career, Andrea gained experience in various restaurants and bakeries, as well as teaching cooking and baking classes at both the recreational and college level. Her most significant achievement was owning a successful bakery in Toronto, which she sold in 2018. In 2019, she launched her blog, My Pocket Kitchen. A few months later, Andrea's blog shifted its focus when she embarked on a one-year weight loss journey. Today, Andrea shares her culinary expertise and commitment to a healthier lifestyle, offering easy-to-make, nutritious recipes with a touch of restaurant quality. 
Hello there, Andrea. How are you today? I am wonderful, Megan. How are you? I am doing well. There's this little, actually, I should say this huge fly buzzing around my head. So this might make me crazy, but other than that, I'm great. (laughs) Oh, that drives me nuts. I know. I don't know how such a little thing can drive me so crazy, but it does. There it went. Okay. Anyway, you are here to talk about so many great things today. You're going to talk about your story growing up in restaurants and your journey as a food blogger and some trials and tribulations. But first, (laughs) do you have a fun fact to share with us? I do. I mean, it was it was hard to pick. I feel like I had a few, but um, one would be that several years ago when our kids were the ages of, uh, I guess they were about 11 and nine kind of ages, two boys we have, we packed up everything that we owned and put it in storage and we took off to South America for six months. (gasps) Oh gosh, that's amazing. Okay. So how did that go? Was it a great experience? <laughs> it was one of those things where like so many friends and family were like, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. what are you doing? I had just quit a job that I had working at a very, very busy and high production bakery, like in a management position. And my husband was working at a job that he didn't really enjoy very much anymore. And he was contemplating looking for new work somewhere else. And we were kind of like in this in between phase, right? And we were sort of sitting around one night having drinks and kind of joking about like, oh, you know, I made a joke, I think about like, maybe we should just pack up everything and go on a big long trip with the kids. And the joke sort of like evolved and we kept thinking about it and talking about it. And then to make a long story short, eventually we were like, you know what, let's just do it like once in a lifetime opportunity. And we pulled them out of school and, you know, we talked to their teachers and everything about what we were doing. And they were all completely supportive. Like this is going to be better than any education that your kids could get sitting in a classroom. And we had a few, like we had to homeschool them a little bit, but it wasn't anything extreme. You know, it was like keeping them on top of the math. Cause that's like something, you know, yeah. in the next grade, they have to have a certain, you get behind. Learn. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But you know, they're like, keep, let them keep scrapbooks and that'll be amazing. And so, yeah, we, we took off and we got an apartment in, in Argentina in Mendoza. That was like our home base. And then we kind of like spent six months traveling around. We traveled around like all of Argentina. And then we also went into Chile quite a bit. And then also up to Peru, went to Machu Picchu. And, you know, we like wow, took a bus so cool. the whole time. It was like... <laughs> Oh my gosh, what an amazing experience. It was such a big adventure. And yeah, Mm -hmm. like it was, we're just so grateful that we did it. And, you know, all the naysayers, you know, can, we can just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I mean, you have to have grace with people who are naysayers, right? Because not everyone has those urges like that. And I just commend you guys for following through with it because it's really easy to dream but it's not so easy to actually like pull it off and do yes. it, right? So yes. good job. Exactly. For... And it may have set us back a little bit, you know, in our, you know, buying a house or like whatever in our financial right. situation. But it's so worth it though, right? Like yeah. f- from my perspective, that sort of thing is so worth any setback. 
I yeah. agree. So I, agree. I love that. So great to have those memories. And I'm sure your boys too are just so grateful and have so many great memories from it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our youngest one is kind of like, I wish I mem- remembered things more clearly, like, because oh, he was only like yeah. nine or whatever, but right. <laughs> we have lots of, lots yeah. of pictures and videos. So. Right. Still so cool. What a great experience. And that kind of adds to your story. You have such an amazing story to share. I was reading through your script before I called you today. And wow, I'm so excited to hear you talk through this. So you have such a cool story with food and how this has evolved into being a food blogger. And then you have some, you know, overwhelm and struggles that came up with food blogging. So would you mind just starting by talking through, I know you grew up in restaurants and all of that, Mm -hmm. and just, we can kind of let that evolve from there. Sure. Yeah. When I was very young, my grandparents owned three restaurants in, in a small town north of Toronto. I'm in Canada. And yeah, so they, I can't remember, you know, that they started out with one and then it was, it kind of like, then it became two and then it became three. And so it was definitely like a very family business, right? Like, all of my aunts and basically all of my aunts and uncles worked there and my parents off and on. And uh, so naturally my parents ended up, you know, splitting up and we moved, but we didn't move too far away that I could go there for the summer. That was the thing. I was like 14. I was just old enough to work at that time. I don't know if that's still like the age that you can work legally now. Is it older now? I don't even know. I think in some places you can work at 14. Yeah. 14. Yeah. (laughs) So I was, yeah, 13 or 14. And it was like, oh, I'm going to go and, you know, live in Port Perry and work for my grandparents for a summer. It was my first job. So I kind of worked a little bit in two of the three places. And that was sort of where it started for me. So I kind of did that, like through high school, I was working in different types of, you know, food businesses or whatever. And And then during that time when I was in high school, my mother, my mother, who's like an amazing cook, always had a dream of having a food business. She worked in like the corporate world, though, but she decided to take a risk and take a leave of absence from her job and and try her hand at opening up a food business. So she started up a like a gourmet takeout food slash catering business. And so I started working for her. And I remember my mom said to me one day, she's like, you know, Andrea, you're really good at this. Have you ever thought of like doing this for a living? Like maybe you should go to college to become a chef. And then that was what like put the idea in my mind of like, oh, you know, I never thought of that. Maybe I should just continue, you know, along this path. And so that's, you know, what ended up, you know, making me decide to go to culinary school. And so did you enjoy culinary school? Or how did you feel about it? So I didn't at first, actually, the first year of the program is focused mostly on the cooking part in the second year, then they get into more management stuff. And I just was like, ugh, mm-hmm. I love the cooking. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved I've always loved cooking a lot. But I was in this environment with you know, really back at that time, because this was like in the late 80s, I I started college in 1989. And it was very old school still at the time. And all the the chef instructors were like old European guys that had this like, real Gordon Ramsay type, (laughs) you know, attitude and mentality towards working in a kitchen. And I was just like, really turned off by that vibe. And I thought to myself, 
is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like work in this environment with these yeah. kinds of chefs and just hanging out with all these dudes and nothing about <laughs> working with guys. I love working with guys. Yeah, I have I hear my you. whole life, but it was kind of like this moment where I was like picturing myself in the future, like working in a, in a restaurant kitchen, like doing this for the rest of my life. And I was kind of like, I don't think this is what I want to do. But like sidebar, there was within this, the program, there were these two week segments that we would go into the bakery, into the bakery labs, right. And, and learn a little bit about baking, like just kind of the basics. And I loved it in there, every aspect of being in there. So I switched after my first year of chef's training, I switched over into full-time baking and pastry arts, and then, you know, studied that for a year. So then I went on to work in a lot of different establishments after I finished school. Like I worked in a lot of restaurants. I worked in bakeries, catering businesses. I also went back to teach at the school where I went to school on a part-time basis. That was more recently, like when I had my bakery, which we haven't got to yet in the storyline, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You have so much history with food and in so many different capacities. It's cool. I don't know anyone else who has like grew up in the restaurants and like catering and all of this. It's like, why are you a food blogger then? (laughs) No. Okay. Well, yeah. Talk to us about that. So you had a bakery. How did you go from that to food blogging? So I, yeah, I, I started up a bakery in 2012 in Toronto and it did very, very well. Uh, it was a successful business, but I kind of always resisted the idea of having my own business because maybe because of growing up in that industry, I saw, you know, how right. much work and how much stress it is to, to like run businesses like that. And, but I was in a job previous to that, that it was a startup of, of quite a sizable restaurant in a very, you know, busy area of Toronto. And it had three different elements to it, like fine dining, like a coffee shop cafe. So, you know, muffins and cookies and things like that. And then catering as well, like catering large events. And I was the pastry chef in in charge of all those three departments for the baking. And I was given a lot of responsibilities. And that was when I was like, I don't like, why am I doing this for someone else? Like I'm doing all the things except writing the pay, the, the, the checks mm. basically. So then I started thinking, you know what? Like I was at an age, like I was sort of like in my early forties at the time. And I was thinking now or never, you know, like if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it because I'm just getting older every year. Right. And I'm going to become less and less, you know, motivated to take to do take something on so big so that's why I decided to do it it's like I'm just gonna do it and then I can say that I did that and even though I you know because I had a pretty solid business plan and everything I hit all of my goals and projections from my business plan I had everything kind of going the way that I wanted it to go but at the end of the day I was just so tired and like stressed from just everything of running a business like that. I was just like, no, I can't like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It wasn't because it was failing or it wasn't doing well. It was just because I was like done. I was over it. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well the business, like I can sell this business. I don't have to just close it. So I 
sold it, that's when I started thinking about what am I going to do? I don't remember and like exactly what put me onto food blogging, maybe just because I'd been following some food bloggers and knew that it was like a thing, but I, you know, I decided to start looking into it. So I started listening to podcasts, you know, like I think I started mostly with, you know, like food blogger pro was yeah. really big at that time and, and your podcast. And I just was listening and listening. And I was like, cause I don't think I, I knew that you could actually make money doing it at the time. And then it was like, Oh, I can actually make money doing this. Maybe I should like think about this seriously, like not just as a, as a hobby thing to keep me busy. And then after I actually sold the bakery, I took some time off and, you know, just traveled a little bit with my husband and, and then I just, you know, ran it by him. Of course, I talked to him a lot about it and he's like, I think you should just go for it. Like, what have you got to lose? And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to dive in. And then that was when like, you know, a whole new world of things opened up to me because my, you know, my whole world had been in kitchens and really not anything tech. So then it was like, oh my God, you know, when I decided to start you know, putting a website together was like, wow. You launched in 2018. Is that right? Your blog? 2019. I, yeah, I sold the bakery in 2018 and then and launched, launched in 2019. Yeah. I, it was like mid 2018. I sold the bakery and then it was like early 2019 that I started. I started like get, you know, trying to build the website and stuff probably in like February and then actually, you know, may, went public I think it was maybe in June or July that year. So I took several months to, you know, get the website up and running. And and because of all the research I did, I felt like I got off to a really good start. You know, I started off with like a feast. I bought the feast plugin and, you know, because I was listening to all the podcasts and listening to the top hat, top hat rank webinars. Am I saying that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all of their chats you know? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it right from the beginning, you know, like even if it costs extra money, it's like, no, I'm just gonna, I got to do it. I don't want to have to go back and, and fix stuff later, you know? Yeah. So many people skimp in the beginning thinking that they can, myself included, that they can get by. And in retrospect, it's like, no, doing it right from the beginning, there's so much value in doing that. So I I think you did the right thing. Yeah, because it's like, you know, in the at the end of the day, a couple hundred extra dollars or whatever, even 500 extra yeah. dollars seems like so much money. But when you think about the amount of headache that it saves you and, oh gosh, and the yes. fact that in the end, you're going to end up switching to that one anyway, it's going to cost you so much more money. So take so much more time. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's like, okay, whatever. Another thing on the credit card, I'll pay it off. When I get yes, to it. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I hate to encourage credit card usage, but it's so true. And I have the same mindset. And yeah, I love that you did that. I mean, obviously there's a limit, like, and there was for me too. Like there were certain things that I didn't spend money on that maybe at the time I thought I should. I mean, luckily for me, none of that has ever co- has come back to bite me. Like they haven't been big things that I that I regret. Like, oh my God, why did I do that? It was maybe little things like, you know, my email provider, you know, I went with MailChimp, which wasn't the cheapest one, but, you know, it was a lot cheaper than the ones that everybody was recommending. 
like convert kit or whatever. But I looked at it like, well, this, you know, MailChimp is cheap in the beginning until you get up to X number of subscribers, right? And then the price really starts to jump. So I thought, well, I'll use this where it's like this much for this many. And then once I get to that number, then I can decide whether or not I want to make a switch. And so, you know, I did that in the end, like I moved to ConvertKit not that long ago, actually, but that didn't cause me any headaches really to make that kind of switch. There are some things that really don't matter in the beginning, like your email service provider in the beginning, it really doesn't matter until you've kind of established yourself and you have content and you have subscribers, like yeah, like that is a smart move to think, okay, I can deal with this one later. But there are some things like you mentioned, the fee theme and getting on a good web, ho- getting a good web host and things like that, that does matter. So it's like you can kind of have to pick and choose. Yeah, like those foundational things. Yeah, exactly. Those are the foundational things like your emails provider or whatever. Those are things you could easily switch. Like, Absolutely. same with, you know, same with like I'm with Big Scoots. What do you call those guys? Yeah, web host. Hosting, yeah, web yeah. host. Yep. That's mm-hmm. another one. Like I didn't go with the, you know, the best and the big. Of course, they change. All, at that time when I started, it was like the recommendations for hosting were all over the place. It was like hard to yeah. know which one you're it was. supposed to go with. It wasn't clear. Back and I in ended the day. <laughs> up going with one that I thought was good at the time and I think was highly recommended at the time. But then, of course, like a year or two later or whatever, it was like, oh, my God, if you're with them, you better like move yeah. now. But that's another one that's again like it, that's an easy switch. So it's not it's not like a big deal. Yeah. OK, so talk about so you launched your blog. How did it go right away? So you kind of researched everything beforehand. Was everything easy, smooth sailing? I mean, I would say it went pretty smoothly. Um, I'm like, I'm really good at researching and reading and learning things and becoming clear on things, even if I have to do it over and over and over again. So I feel like that really worked well for me and trying to just like build the website in the first place. And it wasn't as easy back then. Like Feast has changed so much since I first was with them in terms of like, how user friendly it is now and how night how like pretty you can make your website look without a whole lot of effort. Back then yeah. it was a little bit more like you had to put into it, but I kind of found myself geeking out on it. Like I was sort of surprised. My husband was too. Like he would comment, like, I can't believe that you're getting into all this tech stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I know, isn't it weird? Maybe it's because I just like spent so many years in my life in a kitchen that I'm like, my brain's like excited for this like new information and like a whole new thing. And like, I'm just really enjoying sitting at a desk all day instead of yeah, most people right. are like, Oh, I don't want to sit at a desk all day. I'm like, I'm liking it. Yes. <laughs> my feet After a lifetime happy. of working in bakeries and yeah. being in culinary school, I'm sure your feet were very happy. Hey there, just taking a quick break to chat about Rank IQ. I recently started a second niche blog, and this keyword research tool has come in so handy as I've been getting started with it. Here are a few ways it has helped me to streamline content creation on my new site. Number one, in the keyword library, there is a massive selection of keywords for me to choose from within my niche. 
I select my chosen niche, sort from lowest to highest competition. I always do this, by the way, and pick out some good options that align with what I'm inspired to make. I get so many great ideas from this curated list, which eliminates the blank spreadsheet and pressure to brainstorm content ideas that can take up so much time, by the way. Number two, I've also been running every single keyword I write about through the Rank IQ Optimizer, and this makes writing each post so easy. I knock off as many suggested keywords as I can while retaining my authenticity, of course, from the optimizer so I know I'm on the right track. Whether you have a two-month-old new or second blog like I do, or a 13-year-old old blog also like I do, Rank IQ will be a game changer for your content creation and for your Google rankings. Go to rankiq.com to get started today. Now back to the episode. So I did kind of geek out on a lot of the tech stuff. So, and I had, you know, I had a little bit of a following when I started because a lot of people from my bakery followed me, you know, on social media, right? Like when I left the bakery, I'm like, oh, if you want to continue seeing what I'm going to do after this chapter of my life, like, you know, follow me on this account instead of the bakery account. So I had, I mean, I didn't have a lot. I'm talking like maybe 400 or something. It wasn't big, but I was like, okay, well, it's something like it's not you know, starting from zero. And so I didn't really. And so this is the thing is I hadn't really decided on a niche because I was thinking, okay, well, I don't really know what I want my niche to be like. People were automatically thinking that it would be a baking blog, right? Because of my bakery and everything. But I was like, no, I, I don't think I want to do that because I want to be able to be more creative. And I find cooking you can be a lot more creative with savory dishes than you can with baking because as you probably know, like baking is very specific, right? You have to sure. follow recipes exactly. I mean, there's only so many things you can do with desserts yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But with food, it's like, it's it, you know, the possibilities are endless when it comes yeah. to the, the savory side of things. And cooking yeah. was more of a hobby for me because I, I, I I did spend more time in the pastry department over my career than I did on the savory side. So I felt like that would be more fun for me and more a better creative outlet for me. So I'm like, I'm just going to do a general, like right now, I'm just going to keep it like general. I'm just going to do like food that I like to to eat. And I'm going to make recipes for those dishes that I don't have any recipes for, you know, that kind of thing. And then where did it go? So you did more like broad categories. Did you eventually niche down? Yeah. So what happened was I, I had gained a lot of weight over the previous 10 years, having my business and everything else going on, stress, whatnot. I decided to join a weight loss program. And this was probably like a few months, few very short months after I launched my blog. And so I started doing this weight loss program and it was this like tiny little program, like a startup business or whatever, like a one person show. And it was like a Facebook group. So there was like a nice little community within this program and people were like in there often asking questions about the program. Right. And I started noticing that a lot of the questions were about like people not knowing what to make because there were no recipes or anything with this program. Mm -hmm. It was really kind of like bare bones at the time. And so I was kind of like, then I started like, because I'm like cooking to make food for myself to eat. And so I started like 
you know, tagging the program or whatever in social media when I would like post recipes and then people started catching on and I started, I was allowed to post some recipes inside the Facebook group. And so then I started getting like, you know, people were like, oh my God, like this is amazing. And these recipes are amazing. And anyway, to make another long story short, because this is like, you know, for a whole other podcast on a whole other subject, (laughs) but I ended up working for this, this weight loss company just part-time to start. And then it started getting busier and it started growing. And then I was working full-time and I was doing recipes. Like I was doing recipes for my blog, but then I was like sharing them in the group and stuff like that. And we were doing like cooking shows inside the, the group and the Facebook group and stuff like that. So I was starting to get more and more and more like of a following that was just happening through this other job. Right. But I was so busy with that, that I was not paying any attention to my blog because I didn't really need to. I'm like, I'm getting paid. I'm doing this work and you know, it's fun and I'm meeting people and gaining followers. I don't need to like pay attention to SEO or I wasn't keeping up to date with any of the stuff. Like I wasn't listening to any of the podcasts. I wasn't keeping up to date with, you know, what was going on, like in the blogging world at all. And, but what happened was like, things just kind of fell through for me with that job. I ended up having to leave. It was just becoming too busy and stressful. So then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go back to focus on my blog. Well, after not really paying much attention to my blog for like a year, when I started going back into it, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Oh no! what is going on? <laughs> I don't know anything. I, feel, I oh. felt like I had to start from scratch because it was, there was like so many things had changed. As you mm. know, like a year is a yeah. lot in the food blogging world. It is. It, like so much can change in a year. And I was just like, Oh my God, what? Like I should have been paying more attention to these things. So anyway, I was like, okay, I need to dive in like deep here right away. So I like hired somebody to go through my site, like, and look at all the technical sides of things to make sure everything was working. Cause at this point, my website was like super busy. Like I could, I could apply to Mediavine and I hadn't even done anything like, oh, wow, it was crazy because of all these people that were coming to me from the job that I had. Uh, right. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm like, okay, this is awesome. But at the same time, I'm worried that my website's going to crash because I haven't been paying any attention to it. And I have no idea if there's like r- stuff like going terribly wrong in the background that I don't know about. So I'm like, this is one of those areas where I'm like, I need to pay somebody to go in and do this quickly because otherwise I'm going to go down too many rabbit holes and it'll take me forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did you start with? What did you pay? I hired Grayson Bell. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know that. You must know that, that name. He's one of the big I-Mark. names. Yeah. Yeah. I Mark. Yeah, exactly. Just to go through my site and make sure, you know, that all my vitals were good and, you know, anything else, like just to go through the whole thing. I told them, you know, that I hadn't done anything for a year and I needed like a checkup basically. So he went through everything and he fixed all the things for me. And so that was a huge relief. And it literally took like three days or something. It was like, you know, as soon as I 
signed up, it was it was done within a few days. So that was awesome. That was a relief. I'm like, okay, my site's Absolutely. not going to crash. Yep. I went and applied to Mediavine right away because I'm like, whoa, nice. I can actually like start making some money right away. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I have no idea how this would work or is going to work. But again, another thing you figure out. Take one step, right? <laughs> exactly. And it wasn't that difficult either in the end. Yeah. Did you get accepted right away? Yes. Okay. Yeah. My numbers have gone way down since then. Like I, I keep work. Sometimes I'm like looking in some of the blogging Facebook groups and people are talking about getting dropped by Mediavine for not having enough sessions. And I'm like, mm, I really hope that doesn't happen to me. Oh. My sessions are a lot lower now than they were when I first yeah. signed up. It but happens. I, I think that's fairly normal. I also think that, yeah, it's a lot to do with some of those Google updates that happened over over the past year, like my numbers really just were going okay. And then all of a sudden was just like, I think I got, I was one of those people that got hit badly from those updates. Yeah. So anyway, it's fine. I mean, I'm still making a little bit of money. Like it's nothing to, to sneeze at. It's still okay. So I'm just plugging along and that's the whole thing. Like then it was like, okay, then I started noticing my numbers tanking. This was still, this was maybe a year later, right? Like last year. And so, of course, I'm looking at my, I'm listening to the podcasts and all the things and figuring out, realizing that like my SEO game is terrible because I didn't pay any attention to it when I started. And I certainly wasn't paying any attention to it, you know, for the entire year that I was doing something else. And I'm looking at all my recipes and I probably had about maybe 75 recipes on the website at that point, And none of them had I paid attention to SEO or keyword research or anything. So any of the posts I was getting traffic from was just kind of luck. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I've been there like, why is this doing so well? <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I did something right, but I, I yeah. didn't do it on purpose. It just <laughs> Right. <laughs> so then you don't know how to replicate it, right? You're like, I don't know what I did right. Something yeah. is working. So then again, I was like, okay, I need to like dive back in. And I like took you know, the cooking with keywords course and started really like learning about that. I was not paying any attention to any of that before. Like that's one thing I would say to anyone who's listening, who's just starting out. Like when I was starting out, I knew about SEO and keyword research, but I kind of chose not to pay too much attention to it because yeah. for some reason I thought that I could figure out other ways to make money, mm -hmm. which also is true right? Like if you want to get into brand work and food photography and all that other stuff, then definitely yes. But if you're not really interested in doing those kinds of things, you know, focusing on SEO and keyword research is really important, I think. Yes. Because you, you have to figure out some way to make money if your goal is to make money from the blog. Yeah. So yeah, so then keyword research was a whole other thing. And, and then that was like, then that made me realize that all of my posts were terrible. I mean, not terrible. My, my recipes are good. I'm going to admit that outright. Like I think my recipes are really, really good, but in terms of, you know, an SEO perspective, my posts were terrible. <laughs> yeah. Readers don't know, they don't care. Right. But it's like from a, you know, making a living perspective, I was like, Oh no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm in terrible shape. So then I started again, listening to all the top hat rank 
webinars, right? Because I'm like, I just need to listen to these guys. I'm like, I can do this on my own. I just need to listen. I need to take notes. I need to do all the things. And then it was like that thought of I need to do all the things just became so overwhelming, like Mm. because there's so many things. It's not just, you know, focusing on keyword research. It's like, there's just like a million things. Like you listen to those top hat rank webinars and they're amazing and very informative and lots of information, but that's part of the problem is it's like lots of information. And then you feel like there, you feel like, oh my God, I have a hundred things that I need to do like right now. And then my head just wants to explode. I hear you. <laughs> I think we all get there at least once, but most likely more. Yeah. Journeys, right. Yep. Then I was like, okay, I need help again. And I was like, I'm going to bite the bullet and sign up for a mini audit with Casey Marquis. Cause that was one thing that I, I really felt like I couldn't afford cause it's, it is quite expensive. But then I was also in a place where I don't know what, what I'm doing. Like I felt so overwhelmed that it felt like it was my only option. Cause I really needed help with direction. I didn't know what to do. Like I just, I just felt like there were just too many things that I needed to fix. And it was making me feel like I just wanted to give up on it altogether. So that was when I thought like, okay, I, so either you get, you know, dump it and don't do it anymore. Or you just do it as a, as a hobby and forget about, you know, trying to, earn earn money from it or you spend the money and you get the help. Kind of like what you said earlier with, you know, like investing, knowing where and when to invest. Yeah. There's so much value in that. So you got to that point where you're like, I just need to do this. Yeah. Even though it's a bigger investment, it's a wise investment. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely no regrets. I had my audit back in May, you know, as many other guests have said, it was, it was great, like super informative. I mean, obviously Casey knows what he's talking about. And, you know, I was listening with all ears open and he, you know, sent me like a 25 page checklist or whatever afterwards of all the things that I had to do. And so then again, <laughs> and then I'm sitting there going, oh my God, I'm totally overwhelmed again. <laughs> oh no, here's the overwhelm again. Yeah. But at least with, at least I had a checklist now. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was what made the difference. Cause it wasn't just all these like random notes in a notebook with no like order of uh, importance. Yeah. You know, Casey sort of gives you a list where it's like, start at the top, like, you know, do these things first. So at least I knew it's like a lot of things, but I have like a plan, you know, and like Something a direction or whatever. Yeah. And of course, after I read through it a couple of times, it, it wasn't as overwhelming as I initially thought when I first saw it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You have to like ingest it a little like bit by bit and then acclimate, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm working on those things, but you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me was updating posts because of course I had all these posts that were just sitting there that hadn't been, you know, optimized or anything. So it's going now I'm, that's what I'm going through right now is And that's a big, 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 big task is going through and figuring out which posts to prioritize, you know, which are the ones that maybe I could change the keyword focus to, you know, because I have so many posts that have titles that, you know, you go into the the search and it's like, you know, 10 searches per month. It's like, well, that's... yeah. (laughs) 
That's not going to bring me a, an abundance of traffic, right? Exactly. So I'm still, I am updating as I go, but I'm also like trying to get super organized in just uh, prioritizing all the posts and going through each post and figuring out like, you know, if I update this post with the current keyword focus, can that rank or not? And if not, then is there a keyword that I could change it to and sort of like prioritizing them all that way? It's very, very time consuming, but I think will be really worth it in the end. Yeah, totally. And again, this is something that a lot of us go through. So we're all listening and like, yep, I've been there, done that, or we're doing that right now. So this was recent. You just had your audit recently. So how do you feel like things are now? Are you still feeling that overwhelm? Are you feeling more ease? How's it going with the blog? I definitely feel more at ease. I wouldn't say that I've seen any, you know, changes, uh, leaps and bounds changes since my audit and since I've been starting to do updates, but I have been seeing a little bit of, you know, the needle moving in the right direction. And like, that's really all I need because I know that, you know, like everybody says, food blogging is a marathon. It's not a race. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've always known that, but I feel like really like your mindset can make or break you in this industry for sure. Like if you let the overwhelm get to you, then, you know, you probably will end up giving up. But the important thing, what I learned through this, this last like 18 months or so since I've been trying to get everything back in order is that you have to like give yourself breaks too, you know, like when, when you get overwhelmed, it's really, really important to take a step back and realize that, you know, if you don't get that email sent out on Friday, like, cause I usually send out my emails every Friday. It's like, you know, it's okay if you miss a Friday, like no, the yeah. world isn't going to fall apart. And like a hundred people aren't going to unsubscribe from your website because you didn't send out an email on Friday. Right. And like, you know, some weeks you just need to, take that pressure off yourself and like take a step back and, you know, get a better perspective or a better mindset or like take that time instead of writing a new recipe or updating an old post, try to get yourself organized so that you feel less overwhelmed. You know, like, like what I'm doing right now with trying to, you know, organize the and prioritize my posts because I know that that will help me feel less overwhelmed when I'm trying to figure out which posts I need to update. Organization goes so far, doesn't it? Like when I feel that overwhelmed too, sometimes just sitting down and writing out everything I need to do and just putting it in my calendar is all I need to do to feel such a load off. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And even just like taking a whole day to just do keyword research for new posts as well, you know, so that you have you know, cause I'm like, I'm really bad. I listen to a lot of your podcasts of people who are, who are really good at doing like batching and stuff like that. I am not that person. <laughs> I, like, I, I am so like fly by the seat of my pants. Like it's so bad. Like I'll be like on a Monday doing keyword research for like a recipe that I, a new recipe that I want to do that week, you know? And yeah, but that puts me in a, in a always behind the eight ball mode, which sometimes really messes with my head. Yeah. Like you, you feel like you're always catching up, right? So for me, because I'm that type of person and I tend to do that, for me, taking an entire day just to do keyword research for upcoming, you know, new recipes that I want to do as well so that I can have a list of, 
ones that I've already researched and I know that I have a chance at that would that'll also serve my audience and then having that like out of my head so I don't have to be thinking all the time like oh oh maybe that would be a good recipe or maybe Mm -hmm. that one and or you know going to the list that's on my phone of like a hundred ideas of recipes but not knowing if any of them are any good yeah (laughs) I know as you talk it's like I can relate to absolutely everything you're saying Andrea and just like flying by the seat of your pants, I go through, I still go through periods where I'm like that. And I think that's okay because you kind of have to adapt to where you're at in the, in the year, in the calendar year, but also in your journey. So don't feel bad if you're not a batcher or like if you don't do that all the time. I think there's so much power there, but it's okay. Like just accepting where you're at and being okay with it and not beating yourself up or comparing either. Exactly. That's, that's huge. Like, honestly, like everybody knows, like you really, if you get, if you get caught up in the comparing yourself to what other people are doing, it's really just like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it is. You have to just be, yeah. Like, it's like, you know, even right now I'm thinking about Q4, you know, when everybody's like Q4, Q4, and like, it's the busiest time and you got to like get all your seasonal recipes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like starting to get into that headspace again. And then I'm, And then I have to say to myself, you know what, Andrea, it's okay. Like maybe you won't get out all those Christmas recipes that you want to, or like at the right time or whatever, but like, it doesn't matter. Just like do what you can do, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because your, your mental state is so much more important than any of that. So if you can take care of yourself mentally and physically, everything else is going to be okay. I promise. If you, okay. Cause I know a lot of people listening are overwhelmed going into Q4, thinking about all the things that need to be done, everything you're talking about, they're feeling. So if there's like one takeaway that you could share with them to help them feel better, less overwhelmed, less stressed, what would it be? I would definitely say to just take take some time off. Like it doesn't have to be a, a whole week or a month or whatever, but like and to and take time off to either just do nothing, like take a break and do something that you enjoy that has nothing to do with food blogging, or if it makes you feel better, take time, quote unquote, off, meaning from your day to day, you know, updating recipes, writing new recipes, cooking new recipes, whatever you're doing, and take time to get organized, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. like get your ducks in a row, because like, Mm-hmm. Getting your ducks in a row, even if it's just some of the ducks, <laughs> yeah, it'll just like give you so much energy to move forward and propel you forward. And then all of a sudden you'll feel like you have so much extra time or like brain space, you know, because you're not, you're not bogged down with all those little tasks and getting them all organized and embrace you know, Excel sheets or Google sheets or whatever it is that you like to use. Yeah, or notebook and pen. I mean, anything to just get it down. Exactly. Exactly. Just give yourself a break. Even if it's just a day, like you decide, or like this week, it's like, I'm not going to test a new recipe this week. Instead, I'm going to sit down and like get myself organized in whatever area you're feeling overwhelmed with. I love that. That's such a great piece of advice that will help anyone, no matter what stage they're at, if they're just starting or they're where you are, or maybe they've been doing this for 10 years, no matter what, that is great advice. And thank you, by the way, Andrea, for sharing 
your story. It's so interesting just seeing where you've come from and how that's evolved into you being now like a motivated food blogger to figure this out and just get the job done. I hope so. I mean, hopefully I can come back, you know, in a year and say, you know, how things have taken off from all my hard work. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You'll be back on the podcast in a year talking about your wild successes and and other topics because who knows what will evolve between now and then, right? That's right. You just never know. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to mention before we start saying goodbye? I did want to mention that I am also like a solopreneur. So I have other than, you know, hiring some people to help me on the side, like I Mark and and Casey Marquis, I do it all on my own because I know there's a lot of bloggers out there that, you know, hire out, which I think is amazing. And I wish that I could get there. But I honestly, I don't know if I ever will, like even if I could afford it. I kind of like being in control of everything myself and doing everything at my own pace. That's okay too. Yeah. You hear a lot of bloggers talk about the help that they have, but I feel like the people who do it all on their own, I feel like they, I don't hear from them very often. It seems like. Hmm. Yeah. I was just watching it. I think it was an Instagram reel the other day where somebody was saying this exact thing. It was the message of like, it's okay if you don't want to make a million dollars. It's okay if you don't want a huge team. It's okay to do this by yourself. You don't have to do all of those things if you don't want to. So just giving people permission to to do that, right? Yeah, do it your way. Do it your, your way, whatever way makes you most comfortable. Yeah, because I, I am one of those. I mean, I don't, I'm not looking to make a six-figure income from this. So, I mean, if you are, then you probably do have to get help eventually. But yeah. Depends on your goals and your dreams and all of that, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Andrea, thank you. This was such an amazing conversation. I was just really grateful to have this time with you today. And thank you for sharing your story. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? Yes. Well, funny enough, the quote goes along with a lot of what we were talking about towards the end, which wasn't intentional at all. But the quote is, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes including you. (gasps) How crazy (laughs) that we talked about that. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Yeah. I love it. Great words to end with. Yes. Unplug yourself occasionally. It'll be so worth it. Yeah. Yes. It's so important. It is. It really is. It's something that took me a really long time to learn, but I'm glad I finally learned it. We'll put show notes together for you, Andrea. So if you want to go peek at those, head over to eblogtalk.com forward slash my pocket kitchen. Tell everyone where they can find you online, Andrea. So on Instagram, it would be at my pocket kitchen, my pocket kitchen on Facebook. And my website is www.mypocketkitchen.com. It's pretty easy. Awesome. Everyone go check Andrea out. And thank you so much for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Don't forget to head to forum.eatblogtalk.com to join our free discussion forum and connect with and learn from like-minded peers. I will see you next time.